You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 145, Practical Intuition and House Spirits with Dr. Jale Boyd Phillips. Welcome to episode 145 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So welcome to this episode. It's a very special episode because... I have a really wonderful conversation with a friend of mine, one of my favorite people in the world, Dr. Jale Boyd Phillips. Jale is just a really amazing, kind, wonderful person, and I hope you enjoy our conversation about her, her skills and her gifts as an intuitive healer and how she works with people to tap into their own practical intuition and also how to meet your house spirit. So today I'm very excited to welcome a friend and one of my healers, Jale. And I'm going to start with her bio. So Dr. Jale Boyd Phillips is a sociologist, slavery scholar, mystic, and intuitive healer. She seeks justice and joy in equal measure. And her banana bread is bomb. Would it be bomb or the bomb? Either way. Yeah, no, I say it just like that. Her banana, my banana bread is bomb. Ah, I haven't had your banana bread. It's really good. (laughs) But I've, but I've, but I know you as an intuitive healer and um, a teacher in the dream school. And um, I'm really, just, I'm really, really delighted to have you here and to share you with the Holistic Spaces audience. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to see that you're doing this. I can't wait to catch up on all the episodes. Thanks. Wait, you have, do you still have your podcast? I mean, it exists, uh, but <laughs> you're not recording it. <laughs> we haven't had any new like session. Uh, what are they called? Episodes in mm. more than a year, maybe longer. Like no, I miss it, but I just haven't, we haven't had the time. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Laura and I decided in 2021 to go from twice a month to every week. And it's a lot to record that many episodes. Luckily, we only have about one guest a month. And usually it's, and it's always like somebody, Laura or I know, like a graduate or someone I know personally that I bring on. So it's a lot easier. We don't bring in like random people, but... (laughs) But it's really delightful to have you have you here, and I really have benefited so much from working with you and having you in my life. So I just wanted to be able to highlight you and and have you share a little bit about yourself with our audience. Thank you so much for inviting me, and it's I mean it's such a pleasure and such an honor to work with you. And I just you're a joy. Thank you. So one of the first things we want to talk about, I mean, I think we're, well, we're going to go about over a few things, but 
one of the most important offerings you have is your dream school. And you used to give intuitive individual readings and that's how I initially met you. And I, I've received several organ readings from you and ancestral readings. And then you started the dream school. And now I sign up if whenever I can, whenever the times work out. So do you want to tell us about the dream school? Yeah, definitely. I, um, yeah, I think I got started in intuitive healing kind of with what became organ conversations. I was doing human trafficking eradication work, you know, for whatever. That was like my whole career and so much of my identity. And when I moved out of that and into healing work, my first foray, foray into it was yoni steaming. And it was in like intake with clients that I discovered that I could talk to their organs. So, um, that really sort of snowballed into so much stuff. And I kept having all these clients that had these wonderful intuitive abilities that they didn't understand and that they honestly often felt victimized by, like they felt like they were attacking themselves or that there was something inherently wrong with them. When really like when I would sit and look, at the way that they were made, there was just magic. Like there was just so much power and so much beauty and so much magic and so much brilliance and so much capacity. But because, you know, like we live in a society that doesn't really know how to guide us through that. So many of us had turned that inside out and upside down and in on ourselves which can be really dangerous when you're that powerful. So I was just like, okay, I've had guides who taught me how to like understand how I made, harness those abilities and use them in a way that's safe and responsible and doesn't hurt me and doesn't hurt others. And I want to do that like on a larger scale. So I started first with, I think the first month I was teaching, I think I only started with practical intuition class and maybe chakras maybe no, I, had the chakras. I think you had the chakras because I was looking at it but I couldn't go or it was already sold mm-hmm. out or something probably both mm-hmm. I couldn't make it and it was already sold out yeah oh and it was just so much fun and and back then I was teaching a every month like every month a new set of classes and twice a week for four weeks and then that quickly became overwhelming so I moved to like a quarter system but what I found is that such powerful, wonderful people are attracted to that, whatever class they're supposed to be in, like, and they make lifelong friends and they sort of can see in other powerful intuitives, like the reaches and the limits of their own abilities. Like, oh, I can do this like her, but I can't do that like her. Oh, but I can do this and she can't do that. Like, it's just really nice for us to be in community with each other. And, and to create like a, a language around what we're experiencing and how we're growing. Yeah. So like, so your intro class is practical intuition, which I'm taking now. And I took before as my first class. And I remember for that first class, what I really was surprised at, and I, and I was really grateful for it was the kind of boundaries that you put on the class and, you know, guidelines in terms of interacting with people, which I've, I've seen actually through, like I study at Shambhala, we've created these kinds of boundaries too with groups, but they're not 
something that's common for the most part, things like, you know, you don't like refrain from responding to someone else's, what they say instead of trying to fix them or give them advice, just listen and don't give, like, don't feel compelled to give any unsolicited feedback and to allow people their space. And because what I've noticed when I've been in groups like that, there's so much more freedom because no one, I, I don't feel required to say like, oh, you know, good job or, or I understand or whatever it is. Right. And then alternatively, alternatively, I can share without someone either um, saying, oh, me too, which sometimes makes me feel a little bit like it's erasing my experience a little bit or, you know, just, or offering like, oh, well, why don't you try this? And I'm like, but I don't, I didn't ask you (laughs) for advice. I just wanted to share. So little things like that, creating that space of safety was really, I think, so important. And then also the kindness of, especially that first group I was in where I was so surprised people would like some of the women would say, Oh, and she raised her hand first can, you know, or I don't want to take up all the time. I want to make sure everyone has a chance. So it was very, like kind of very thought, a lot of thoughtfulness instead of trying to take as much as you can. And then just how, um, you presented your teach the teachings, basically giving us all room. So basically in the class, if I was going to summarize it and you should summarize it for people too, but you see what each individual cohort needs, or you ask your guides, what the co or the guides, what that cohort needs. And then we work with it, but then we make our own experiential journeys and then we can share about them, but we can also listen to what other people are doing. And then of course, like, you know, you also like had things where we would accidentally or purposely partner together and group things. And so all of that was really just, it was like going to Hogwarts, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's what I hope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm a bit of an overachiever, you know, or, Me too. Or by training. Yes. This is something that we bond about often and I am not permitted to overachieve in the dream school. And it is so <laughs> difficult for me. Like I really have to relinquish like a desire to control the outcome. And even like, you know, I taught for many years. I'm like, these are the object- objectives of the class. And here's the, you know, like, this is how we, here's your homework. and. Like just, I I was a firm believer in how being prepared mitigates any like problems, but this is not a Western school system. This is not, this is a whole different thing. This is a whole different way of thinking and way of learning and way of honoring our innate knowledge rather than saying we're all blank slates and I'm going to project onto you what knowledge I have. I I'm barely teaching. Like, I'm just like opening up and being like, what do you guys want them to know? And then either they show me or they'll like sit across from me and tell me, like, tell them this. Now tell them this. Now tell them this. Or they'll come into co presence with me and talk through my mouth. So, either way, like, I'm not teaching you guys anything except maybe how to be like an open channel. You know what I mean? And like, how to hold space for other intuitives. But I definitely do a lot of prep work before each class, but it's all energetic 
and spiritual, like the space that I create, like I make a big sacred container for the entire class to sit in. And I just do a lot of work in there based on everyone who's in the class. Like I'm like, okay, what is Angie going to need today? And how can I make sure that all of those things are present, you know, and what does whoever else need in the class and how can I make sure that those tools are just available should they want to grab at them? Yeah. And then we get in there. I really like to open the class with whatever you guys want to talk about. So I'm usually like, how was your homework? Or even outside of homework, did anything cool happen this week? Did you use your magic in a way you haven't before? Or, you know, like, let's just talk about what we're experiencing as like weirdos, you know? And then the guides start being like, hey, make sure to tell them this. Oh, make sure that they know this. Make sure that this experience earlier the week, this week, that they understand that the lesson we wanted them to get for from it was this, you know? And it's, yeah, it's really lovely work to be completely not in control, like purely a facilitator between you all, you students and like your angels, you know, like your guides and your highest selves. It really is, it's just an honor. Oh, I, and I understand what you mean about not teaching and you've, you've told me that before. You're like, I think in the first class you said, no, I'm not te- your teacher, but one interesting thing is, um, I mean, that's what we tell our students too. It's like, we're creating the space and giving you the tools and guiding you. And in a sense that's, that's harder. Like you said, like, it's easy just to give you all the answers, but then like, cause we're training practitioners or you're training people to be self-referencing and to, in a sense, like heal themselves. And instead of relying on some, someone outside of them where they need them ASAP and whatever, and all this stuff. Um, but how it's, it's actually, harder to stop and think about like, how can I use this as a teaching moment? Or how can I use this as a, as a way for them to develop their own wisdom? Because they're going to get so much more than that, more than I, anyone could ever tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can yeah. just say one more thing, like mm-hmm. to be clear, I learn so much, like I'm in these classes with you guys. Yeah. And very often, I don't know if this has happened in a class with you or not, but very often as I'm like giving someone a message from their guides at the end, they'll be like, and this message is for you too. You know, like you also need to deal with this issue in yourself. And then I'm just like, okay. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I noticed that because I think on the first class, you were more like the moderator. And then in, as the classes, as I've taken a few more classes, you're more of a part. Well, actually, the last class, Unifying the Self, <sighs> you're very much taking it with us in a sense. Yeah. But taking the practical intuition again this time, it's more like uh, you're you're taking more of a moderator role but I think you you've said a few times that you've been kind of exhausted so your guides told you to kind of sit sit out the work a little bit yeah they're often just like stop jumping like (laughs) take a breath eat a snack exhausting (laughs) well and also like people don't know that about feng shui like you know how you said like before each class you create like you do a lot of energetic work too and feng shui we before we do a consultation we actually and this is what we teach our students we 
do meditations and we do, you know, the feng shui version of kind of channeling universal energy to do the work. So we're not telling our students to become practitioners or consultants who go into a home and you go and do the work because no, then it's only like Angie's energy that's doing the work, but you, and it's going to just deplete you like in no time. I mean, I would be, when I didn't do things properly, I would, my whole day would be shot. Yeah. Yeah. And my body would really revolt too. Mm -hmm. like migraines, fatigue, the loss of use of my limbs. Like sometimes Uh like I wouldn't be able to like lift my legs and arms or like extreme back pain where my husband would have to like take me from here and like put me where I could lie down. And, you know, I talked to one of my mentors about it and she was like, yeah, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You know, if it hurts you, it's wrong. And this is what you're supposed to be teaching them to not do it in a way that hurts them. And I was like, yes. But, it, but then our ego gets in the way. Sometimes we're like, oh, like Angie has to do this really amazing uh, consultation where I change somebody's life. But, you know, I've done this enough where I'm, I, I just know that I can create the, uh, so I go in not as myself, but I bring in universal energy to kind of start doing, to do the work. And then I go as I'm led and then they, and then the recipient, the client needs to do their homework and do the rest of it. It's really a, yeah, it's a lot of work, the energetic, the doing like an energetic healing. Mm-hmm. Channeling work. And then also understanding how to replenish yourself, like what's required to replenish yourself afterwards. And that's sort of, I, that's why I have to take this break. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop doing readings because they were just showing me you're doing them as a version of yourself that no longer exists. Mm. So you have to just release all of these aspects of yourself that you developed in order to survive circumstances that are no longer applicable to your life, you know? Yeah. And that's something really, I think a lot of people are facing in many, many times in their life. And that's one of the scariest things to do is to, and you've told me this recently that to take a right turn to take a turn in your life and walking a different path. And, and you taught, and the amazing thing that you do is you bring, you tie it into your body or the body and the organs, which for me, I don't have, I I'm more like of a visual person. So always a great reminder, but it's the metaphor. is So great because the way that you talk about organs in the body it and the metaphor, the metaphoric and physical ramifications or not ramifications, but like the physical condition of it, plus the metaphorical aspect of it, even like the words, it's so amazing. And same thing with feng shui, like sometimes for instance, like a wind, the windows represent the eyes and people have always said your eyes are the window to your soul. So we're already using all of this, like in our language, but we it's, we've disconnected those deeper metaphorical meanings, Mm -hmm. the wisdom behind it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Actually the wisdom behind it, (laughs) because that's how we understand how our brains understand right through story and, and metaphor and symbols through symbol. Yeah, for sure. And all of those things mirror each other for a reason. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like one of the most wonderful aspects of the physical realm is that 
everything is in communication with you about you. You can literally see yourself in everything you interact with. Everything and everyone is here to reflect and to mirror the things you need to know about yourself. Yeah. Just like your home. And I wanted to ask you about that too. So I know you do house clearing or you used to do house clearings, but not you're on a hiatus right now, but people, everyone can still check out the dream school. Cause basically the way to work with you now would be in a group setting with a in dream school in a class. And let me just, let's say it like this. Let's say it like this. Um, I'm taking the fourth quarter off. Oh, you're going to be back. Maybe. Let's say that. Well, dream school wise, sorry, could you hear my husband just slam the door? <laughs> sorry about that. Dream school wise, I'm not going to do a fall quarter. So there won't be October, November classes, but 2022, we're back at it. Um, I agree. I just, and then I, so I have an offering that I call it magic lessons on the, on my website, it's called in-depth healing package. And it's a, a package of five sessions, one-on-one sessions, where in the beginning, I usually do some really, really deep healing on the person. And then once the healing is sort of like smooth stuff out and they're, they start to understand what they thought was flaws as like power, then we, I start teaching them how to use them. So it's kind of like practical intuition, one-on-one. Um, And I still have that offering up just because it's ongoing and the timing, some students want to do a session every quarter. Some of them want to knock out all five in one week. So I still have that one up. Um, And also because like so few people get it. And then um, I'll still be doing birth work. But besides those two, like, I've shut everything else down. Like I just need a break. And good for you. Thank you. Good for you. I'll miss you, but (laughs) I'll. I need to. I need to do the same. I need to take a break. So, um, but house clearings, yes, (laughs) and communications with the house spirits. So I and I remember you used to have house clearings on your individual readings, and then um, in one of our classes, we actually talked about house spirits. So. I thought that would be an interesting topic considering most people that listen to the podcast are interested in feng shui in their home. And just like you said, like everything's a mirror, your home is a mirror. Totally. And I, so when I first came into my power, I was living in Atlanta and I was living in, I mean, there's no other way to call it, but a haunted house. It was so incredibly haunted. Like it was so intensely busy. So um, at first there was just one very intense, like masculine energy that we could feel. Like I would go in the kitchen and I would just sort of like hear Mike come in and I'd be like, oh babe, blah, blah, blah. And I'd turn around and there'd be nobody that I could see there. Um, And then when I was away, Mike, Mike wouldn't really feel him unless I was like traveling. And when he was home alone, he'd be like, this dude is so intense. And then there was like a little girl I ended up exercising out of the attic. And then there was, I asked my mentor about it and I was like, I feel like my house is really busy with like spirits. And I don't know, is it me? Like, am I 
just like a way station or something, or is it the land or is it the house? And she was just like, yes, (laughs) all of the above. But basically she was like deep, 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 deep in the earth under your house is a portal. And it was in quite disuse, like, you know, like it was like a closed train station. And then you moved in and then you opened up and came into your power in that house and it put like a neon sign on there. And everybody's like, oh, shortcut, you know, to here and there. And she was like, yeah, it's crawling (laughs) with little entities and big entities from all over. She was like, but this is your house. Like you get to decide in your house as within your body, you get to decide what's in there. You're the queen of it. And if you relinquish that control, yeah, they're going to act the way they're acting. But if you regain control, they can't say anything. If you have to say, if you say everybody out, they have to leave. But if you're not being a good custodian of that space, it's going to get overrun. Just like if you're not dusting, it's going to get like fuzzy and thick and weird, you know, or if you're not putting food away, you're going to get ants, you know? So you just have to like, anytime you're coming home, say I'm home, everybody else out. Anytime you're leaving the house, no one's allowed to come here while I'm gone. Um, and also my own great aunt showed me that there was, they had assigned like a bouncer kind of to the living room. And, um, you know, when we were in the living room, Mike and I would be watching TV and our eyes would always get drawn to the corner. And we were always just like, but there would be nothing there when we looked. We're always like, what is going on with this corner? So she was like, yeah, there's a, basically a sentry there because it was just getting so crazy, your own ancestors assigned someone to protect you guys there. And I was like, well, what do I do with him? Do I, do I need, and they were just like, don't worry about him. Like, just let him do his job. So after that, I put a vase of white flowers there and those, I got them December 21st because my parents arrived the next day and they bloomed like full on bloom fragrance until March of the following year. Like it was just so intense and so sweet and so creepy in so many ways. And that was sort of like, I got tossed into like the gauntlet of like house communicating with house spirits and clearing them and understanding them. Like it was kind of the, the first skill, honestly, that I learned just so that I could like not go crazy. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Um, and I love that. It's just, well, it can be as very, very much as simple as just recognizing that, like you said, that you are in charge of your house, whether that's your body or your actual home. And, and I love that you always say this, like it's, you say it's not permitted because that kind of really stops people. You just, it's just like, it's not permitted. I don't know. Something about that phrase is really, I like it because I need to say it more. But um, that's not permitted. It's not not okay. <laughs> so you just say no, please leave. But you know, and if and if you need help, you can call people like Chalet to come and and help. Um, but it's it's interesting that does happen, and I think it usually is. You're right. A mix of some people. There could be a some kind some kind of thing that is attracted to you or your energy, or it's part of the land or it's both. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like when For I sure. did my renovation, cause you know, I just did my renovation. Um, I think before the renovation, it was pretty calm. And then by taking down walls and restructuring your home, which is your body, it allowed things to come in and move through or also things to come out and get restructured. And so, um, so I think there were a few entities moving around. And so I I probably still have to work with that a little bit, but (laughs) it's like recovering after surgery. Mm -hmm. It was, I remember you being so tired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still recovering. (laughs) I'm still recovering. Um, and then I saw like actually on Instagram for a few months ago, you had like a, ha- a house clearing candle too, right? Yeah. Well, the, the candle, how do I say this? Maybe it is a house cleaning candle. It's, it's made of, candle. huh? It, well, sorry, do you, do you go on? <laughs> so it's an energy candle, mm-hmm. right? It's, I made it for the energetic self, for the energetic body. And um, it was black, you know, to allow for like all possibilities. Um, And, oh, what is the scent? Sage, cedar, balsam fir, and tobacco. Um, And yeah, like it just smelled it smells fantastic. I'm, I keep looking over here because we have one right there. It smells fantastic. And it just does so much. It's made only of like bees, pure beeswax and coconut oil. And then the wicks are like just wood, you know, found wood. And they just, yeah, they smell really wonderful. And they're much more powerful than a regular candle. Anytime I burn it for longer than two hours, things start going wrong, like in my body, in my house, because it's so potent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my business partner would like seeing healing into them. And we would think about the person we're making it for Mm -hmm. and draw in their spirit guides. And we'd all be like working on putting the healing that they need into the candles. So it's just, it's a very intense product. And for that reason, I'm also taking a break from making those. <laughs> like, well, it's such a process. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, they, it gets it done. Like mm-hmm. it got it done in this yeah. house. I guess I thought about it as a house clearing because I kind of keep those. I always put those together, like your energy and your home. It's like integrated. So, cause it is clearing your home and your environment around it's, because it's using, it's working around you, right? I think the only reason I was hesitating is that not everyone needs the same kind of, I mean, everybody has unique needs Mm -hmm. and some people like their house is right. And their house is mirroring to them. Mm. Here's what you need to do in your body, but they're refusing to see it as a mirror Mm -hmm. and they're taking really good care of their house and really terrible care of their own bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that the, the candle would behave differently in that way. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause a lot of people do also people think, ah, I need to do a space clearing. And sometimes you don't like, sometimes I'll go into a space and it's totally, it's like, no, that's okay. That's okay. Cause, because there's a lot of, we call it like fear shui. Like people get really into this, like 
Well, first there people get obsessed with these checklists. Like I just did an interview for like, um, a blog and she's like, so I just, she talked really fast. She's like, I just want a checklist of 14 things that people can do. Just quick checklist, quick checklist. I'm like, okay. Not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I, and I have, I can say this because I engage in this too. It's, um, not a successful way of doing it, but it's a way that we think we can avoid doing our own work. Mm. And I mean, really, if I'm being completely honest, that's what all this healing work has been for me, like focusing on everybody else's healing except my own, which is why this time off is so necessary. So I can finally be like, okay, Ja, like you deserve healing too. Like you deserve to be the recipient of your healing abilities sometimes. You do, you do. Um, So I'm looking at my notes and we are also going to talk about intuitive intuitive design as creative manifestation. So we can design the life that we want for ourselves, which is ties into what you're talking about, right? So I think one important thing with that is rest, designing and rest. And help healing so yourself, at. healing yourself, not just everyone else. Yeah. And understanding balance. So one of the things that I do is constellation therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to call it that, honestly. Let me say it like this. instead. <laughs> I can perceive people's constellations. I can perceive the way that a person is uniquely connected to a specific set of planets and stars that guide them through their lives. And then I can see how that constellation is mirrored in the way that their family and community is organized around them, how their organs are organized within their bodies and how their cells even organize themselves. Even in the ways that their synapses fire, I can see that same organization. So, um, If you understand, not understand, I don't want to say that, but if you're at peace with your own constellation, then you often design your spaces to mirror it as well, because it brings you peace. It looks like you, it's you, it's yours. But when you're out of alignment with your constellation, then, (laughs) you know, like you're, social life is a big old mess, you know, or like your organs aren't communicating with each other. Right. Or like your space isn't peaceful, you know, it's cluttered. And I'll just talk about my own space. It's cluttered. There's clothes from that. I haven't worn in two years that need to go. Do you know what I mean? Like there's unopened mail, like it's not in alignment. And I have a friend coming to help me with it soon, which I'm very excited about. But it's another aspect of like doing the work, seeing myself, you know, and allowing my space to like, I mean, this house spirit in this house is so sweet. She's so light and airy. She appears to me almost as like a Tinkerbell kind of character, which is a far cry from that house in Atlanta. It was just this big, like dark, whatever. Um, And she's just always like, why don't you hang these pictures? You have all this art and you haven't put it up on the walls yet. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I just need, I need a 
like a couple of days where I can really think about it, but I never have that time off. And she's like, aren't you your own boss? Like, she's just so shady to me in the sweetest way. (laughs) So yeah, I just want to honor her and her attempts to offer up, you know, in partnership with me to offer up like a home that would actually reflect my own piece, my own design. Just so does every, do most homes have a house spirit then? Anything that's created has a spirit, right? Mm. Um, Anything that, you know, nature create, whatever, humans create, whatever, that ants create, (laughs) everything has like a spirit to it. Um, And the intention of how that thing is created really has to do with what kind of spirit gets attached to it. Mm. And of course, then those spirits have experiences and stuff, but like, yeah, every, not just every home, every building. Mm. Well, yeah, my, my mentor would say, cause the feng shui that I practice is shamanic that basically everything has, um, its own, he would say like its own deity that you can wake up the deity of your bed. You can wake up the deity of your home or that you could even um, another thing I like to say is like, you know, you can even name your home and thank your home because everything is alive and everything has, um, everything is alive. Like everything from your phone to, I don't know why I said phone, but your phone, even your phone probably has its own Siri spirit, I guess. Um, but yeah, everything is alive, your chair, your desk, and to be grateful to it, you can talk to it, you can address it. And yeah, my house spirit just told me her name. What's her name? Cheola, C-H-E-O-L-A. I've never even heard of that kind of name before. (laughs) Cheola. And it looks like it's longer than that. Like there's all these letters that go after it. But she's like, you can just say Cheola. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also for people who don't like, don't hear their house spirit, you can name them and then you'll probably get it right. I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. Especially if you're, yeah, trusting the first name that comes to you. Yeah. And house yeah. spirits probably don't always speak English. You know, they, they might speak to you in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. They can show it to you. They can, it can just appear in your heart. They can just give you a feeling mm-hmm. and that's their name. That feeling is their name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. So are you, so you'll be working on focusing on your home to mirror your, your constellation in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So the interesting thing about when I go to someone else's house or, you know, I did a, um, I'm sorry, my phone's being all loud. I did a, um, juvenile hall, like a juvenile justice center in South LA recently. Um, and what happens is I go into the building and then I just am searching for like the home of the spirit. And it really can be anywhere. Sometimes it's not even inside the house. It's like on the grounds. And that's extreme. Like usually it's because the house spirit is just like, things have happened in this house that I can't abide, you know, or in this Mm -hmm. building. Um, And I go and I get there and then we we just greet each other and we talk and, you know, like, I'm like, are you willing to talk with me and the people who live here? And I haven't yet had them be like, I'm not talking to you. But I did have one not respond. And then 
I don't know, maybe 10 minutes later, there was a different spirit that was like, I am the representative of the house spirit. The house spirit is actually too ill to communicate with you. Oh no. So I'm going to be a go between and I'm going to just tell you all the things that need to be done. And it was like, I think it was like an 11 point list. Like this needs to be done. This needs to be done. Like you need to be aware of this. This can no, this needs to not happen in this room and now needs to happen in that room. Like, um, and they just give really clear instructions. So at that um, juvenile justice center that they wanted to turn into a community center, but they knew they needed to heal a bunch of stuff that happened in there. It was so many points. <laughs> it was like, oh. I don't know, like 25 points, but there were so many people there that it was easy to like dole out the responsibilities. Oh, that's good. And the, the building spirit was like that guy, nobody knows it, but he has magic with his hands around color. So he needs to be the one that selects the paint color for the walls, the color tiles for the floor, like anything having to do with color, he needs to be in the select that selects it, which is so nice. Mm -hmm. You know, like people are learning to value like everyone on the team. And so that that's sort of how it goes. And then it's really up to the people to get through that checklist. Mm-hmm. Like I just leave them with it and I walk away, you know, but um, yeah, that sounds like your experience. Like they have to do their homework. And- yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I don't channel with spirit, so I don't hear, but I do use like the function. I use the feng shui tools to do that. So, um, and so where you're going to start is for your checklist is going to be your, your art. I, I mean, we need to sit down and have a proper conversation, but the art I know is on the, I mean, I, you, yeah, there's like a whole pile of just, and you have a friend helping you. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That's my good. friend, Britt, she's really brilliant with like space and design and understanding people, like how they move through their home mm-hmm. and how then to make it match, like how they move. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the one I have to still do to put up the art. That's like the, it's, it's one, it's not easy. Like on the mundane level, it's like, you have to like, not all my walls are easy to hammer into. And then two, you have to then decide where it goes. And it's like, so it's like decision plus, (laughs) less like, um, a mundane stop, like with like, how to like, do I have the right drill? I need to get a hammer drill. I need to get a level. I have a level I have to make, you know, there's drywall so screws. Yeah. yeah. Drywall. Yeah. Cause I don't have drywall. I have like different kinds of walls here. So, um, but it, I think the key is also to get people to help you get your team. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been so much fun. Thank you so much for talking about dream school and the house spirits and everything. And for the listeners. Okay. So this is going to be air. This is airing in the fourth quarter. So you're going to be taking a, well, you're taking a little hiatus, but there'll be stuff on your website so they can take a look. Where should they go? Yeah. You can come and find me at jaleboydphillips.com. 
and I can spell it for you, but it'll probably be linked maybe. Yeah. It's going to be in the website. show notes. Yeah. But it's Z-H-A-L-E-H-B-O-Y-D-P-H-I-L-I-P-S.com. Yes. And, and that'll be in the show notes. Thank yes. you. And you can also find me on Instagram at, at uh, Jaja. Yes. We'll put that on the show notes too. And any last thoughts you want to share? I, this has been so much fun and I'm just so honored that you had me on here. I love this podcast. I can't wait to listen to all the episodes and I do want to share with everybody that you have everything you need. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have you back on soon. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new episode. If you like our podcast, please share it with others, subscribe, and you can visit our website at mindfuldesignschool.com. We have feng shui certification and lots of mini courses. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.